This is the Marty Ray Project Chats, and I'm Marty Ray, one of the hosts of this podcast. You might know me from a beard video, a prank call, a rap song turned acoustic cover, or hopefully one of my original albums. And I'm Chris Wallen. You might know me from... Where would they know me from again? You might know Chris from number one hit songs like Don't Blink by Kenny Chesney and Something to Be Proud of by Montgomery Gentry. Whether you know either one of us or not, I bet you're going to have fun here. Welcome to the project. Download, subscribe, and rate, whether you love it or not. Sound supplied by Roadcaster Pro. He's had 18 singles on the Billboard charts, including three number one hits like I Miss My Friend, Have You Forgotten, and Awful Beautiful Life. He wrote songs for the legendary Fame Studios in Muscle Shoals, Alabama, and we all know who that is. And he was born in Memphis, Tennessee, just like me, so we're friends already, even though we don't know each other. Might even be family, who knows? We'll see. It's the legendary Daryl Worley. Welcome to the show, buddy. Man, thank you. I appreciate it. Wait a minute that. now. Where's this audio at? <laughs> Daryl? Uh-huh. There he oh, is. Oh, hello. Uh, welcome to the show, Daryl. Well, welcome again, Daryl. Uh, it was one of those little white buttons. <laughs> yeah. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. How Thank are you Thank you for coming out here. Oh, absolutely. All the way out here from Memphis to uh, be with us. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, ain't, I ain't quite in Memphis. About halfway. You're Savannah, right? Yeah, just, just between. We're up in the hill country between Savannah, Tennessee, and Waynesboro. Man of Georgia came a long way. <laughs> yeah, that's something. Yeah. You're on top of it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 in, I'm in there, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, we start every show with a fast five, Daryl. We ask you five quick questions. We ask for five quick answers. Sometimes we don't get that though. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. You know, <laughs> here we go. Favorite memory of Memphis? Uh, one night on Bill Street. Oh, that, <laughs> hey, that was quick. That, I, man, that was. I was quick. literally waiting because wow. most people don't go that quick. Man. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> Basketball, football, or baseball? Football. Football. Okay. Food item that you can't live without? Steak. Nice. I like that one. Favorite wild animal? Whitetail deer. What do you never leave home without other than your phone? You know, this is one of those. Uh... Well, you know what's funny, man? My pocket knife. I could see that. Yeah. I could see that when you walked through that door. Well, it was funny because uh, I was taking it out of my jeans when I got out of the truck, and I thought, you know, I'll walk in there, and then somebody in the studio will say, Has anybody got a knife? Yeah. (laughs) That's how it always goes. Yeah. He's like, I'll walk in there and I'll end up stabbing somebody and not have my knife. (laughs) I'm going to use somebody else's (laughs) knife for that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to. So. You were born in Memphis. Tell me now, but I want to know now about that night on Bill Street. <laughs> Man, I went down on Bill Street. This has been years ago. I got a song about this, uh, and I, and it kind of got me in trouble, but it's called Messed Up in Memphis. Mm-hmm. And uh, you guys need to check it out if you've never heard it. Um, even though the lady that I ran into was, was not in that profession, it does kind of sound that way in the song. Uh, but I was hanging out on Bill Street with some friends, and it started to get later, and um, I just I just gone through a pretty intense little breakup, you know, over in uh, Hardin County, Tennessee, and so went to uh, spend a night at the Peabody or two, maybe it was two, and uh, so late in the evening, things are clearing out, and there's a couple of blues bars there that'll stay on open until you know two or three o'clock in the morning, and I thought I'm not going in right now. I was all by myself walking around on Bill Street. And I ran into this gal that I hadn't seen in like 10 years. 
and, and we had a little bit of history, you know, right. and uh, it was just, I think the word might be fortuitous. I heard that on the movie Tombstone, and I think it works here. She was uh, always, even 10 years before, absolutely gorgeous gal. And uh, she was kind of in the exact same place I was in. And we just went in these bars and hung out. And we had we spent the whole evening and most of the night together and had the best time ever. And so I had this idea to write the song messed up in memphis kind of about that you know i i might have embellished it a little bit but it's right. sort of about that evening can so. you give us a little bit of the hook um i'd have to probably get a guitar in my lap but it's it's basically uh alone out here on my own the night is young messed up in memphis mm, right uh you know and then it goes on uh i've been there you know what i'm saying <laughs> i've been there many times I love how you waited uh, until you were through with all the record labels and whatnot before you released uh, your greatest hits album. Yeah. Because I hate record labels. Yeah, me too. I'm glad to hear that. We're kindred. No, there's no doubt about it. And you know what's weird? As I kind of had a premonition about that on the way in here this morning, that we would talk about that very thing. That's totally weird. That's a God moment. Well, exactly. That happens to me more these days than ever before in my life, and I— that's just strange. You in a you in a place right now, as far as looking across the table at a man who literally despises record labels. So I do too. That's what you felt coming in here. You're like, I feel a hatred. <laughs> I feel hatred and despise. <laughs> no, I, I felt the, I felt the kindred. I think you probably because because we could we could well up a whole bunch of stuff toward record labels and and the thing about it is is nobody will be surprised to hear it because all those labels know. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> they yeah. know. <laughs> what is what is like when I see somebody that had as much success as you with the labels. Do you think you would have had the success without them? It's a, it's always timing, you know. You, you, uh, and and I have to say, there was a couple of labels along the way that I that I truly believe had my best interest at heart. Even though labels just can't help themselves, they they make decisions um, that are going to affect you in a negative way, whether you like it or not, or whether they like, whether they like you or not, it just happens. Uh, but probably not, not at, not at that time, because you know, the internet had not become the, the tool that it is now. Right. Uh, if I was starting out my career two, three years ago, I'd say, yeah, maybe yeah. I could have, uh, and then, you know, you take certain songs like, uh, have you forgotten, obviously, um, that label didn't have to spend any money on that song. It, right. It did its own right. thing. But some of the stuff that we built up around it, I wouldn't have had the money to do that. So, you know, it it was uh, – it's just one of those things. I think that a lot of times in your career, what, no matter what you do, you, you have to uh, do some things that you're not necessarily uh, crazy about to, to get where you're going. Uh, and now I just do – what I do, I mean, I, I don't record in Nashville anymore. All my stuff I'm doing back in Muscle Shoals, Alabama now. And uh, being down there has, has been like a just a breath of fresh air, man. It's 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 full circle, you know. I'm back 
kind of back home uh, where my farm sits right on the line there, uh, Tennessee state line. You just, you just go South and you're in Alabama in just a few minutes. So right. uh, it's 30 minutes over there to, to wishbone and me and old Billy Lawson just get in there and throw down. So oh, heck yeah. It's cool. I love Billy. Yeah. So you're, that. you're doing that at fame. <clears throat> no, I don't uh, record at fame. Now they, they've called me in on some special projects and stuff. Uh, of course, my, that was my, early beginnings uh there with rick hall and and the hall family at at fame and and who knows man i i've been talking to rodney a little bit lately he's we've discussed a little bit about maybe some songwriting you know situation there or whatever and then i've got a couple of other publishing opportunities uh i don't know if i want to get back in one. right i don't know you know not having to at this moment i i'm not sure i did uh, recently, I was in one for about three or four years, and it was all good with Chris and those guys up in Ohio yeah. that mm-hmm. you know. Oh yeah, uh, and and I couldn't have had a better situation there. But uh, I'm just kind of doing my thing now, you know, because uh, I can. Yeah, you started <clears throat> writing. It's like I seen this on your Wikipedia. You started writing songs or something for fame. Yeah, I, I was a, a staff writer. That's my very first, like what I would say, real uh publishing gig with a with a fairly well-known and successful publishing company uh i I went to work for fame there for five years and rick hall of course was still in the building and it it was a real uh learning experience (laughs) i had no clue that they were actually anything other than a studio i didn't know oh yeah that they they were a publishing company were they a label too or something Uh they had two big publishing companies at that time and a small label that really wasn't doing a whole lot. And then Vern Gosden came there to record and, uh, and it kind of helped the label some and, and, a, and a few other people, uh, you know, were coming through there to record. And, but, but, uh, the publishing at that time was what I was interested in. I was working live gigs, you know, on the weekends and stuff, but I've, I've pretty much always done that. And, uh, but, but the songwriting was the thing that I was really pursuing because I thought, even without a lot of political help, if if I can write a hit song, I can go to Nashville and, and make a good living. And that was, it, it happened a whole lot faster. I was going to do that for just a, about a year and then go back to med school. And I, I uh, yeah, because you, you have a degree in chemistry and biology or something, right? That's right. Yeah. You wouldn't know it by looking at you. I appreciate that. Yeah, you would. <laughs> when you when I when you walk in, I was like, now nah, he don't he don't know no college. <laughs> See, that's my plan is working just like oh, that. Yeah. It's the that's old awesome. don't judge a book by its cover. The epitome of it, right that's here. Awesome. This man could have been a doctor. He almost was a doctor, Chris. Well, that's kind of scary. <laughs> then we wouldn't have you on here. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah, especially with all this virus business going Ooh. around. You man, know, I wouldn't care nothing about you if you're a doctor. To be honest with you, I, you know what, man? I I kind of felt like that might might be the case across the board. You, yeah. I thought I might get more fans if I do music. Oh, I thought you was looking at me. He's like, I can tell by looking at you, you ain't into no doctors. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely don't take their advice. Hey, you can get away with that. I can't. Uh, Talking hey, about we, Rick Hall, uh, he used to do a thing called Muscle Shows to Music Row. Oh, yeah. Did you ever do that show? I've done it thrice. Yeah, I've, I've done it a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, that man said thrice. He threw a thrice, thrice. in there. Thrice. So man. smart. That's degree. Well, that's that's just language down where I'm from. That's language. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. But yeah, that was always a cool show to go do. Oh and, man, and, and and you never knew who was going to show up in uh, the audience. Spooner, who you know, I mean, who, yeah. I think Spooner came one night when I was there. Um, 
Mark Nor- Narmore was there one night when I was doing it, and uh, Walt Aldridge was there. Oh yeah, one night. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on, you know. And, oh yeah. And, uh, and, and I was thankful for the lights because if I'd have known they were out there, it'd have been a nervous wreck. So. <laughs> well, the sound was so good too because oh, it yeah. was a studio, so you you had uh, headphones yeah. on on a live show, and you had mics, you had actually like condenser, condenser mics. mics. Wow! And it it sounded so oh, good. It did. But it was like people were listening. Yeah. And the condenser, you were singing in the condenser. It was coming through the PA. Right. It was a radio. They put it out on the radio. Was yeah, it, they was it, they uh, recorded it, and then they would play it as a, as part of a radio show. And it, it would be, uh, you know, folks from the shows that were successful songwriters, well, most of those guys had wound up in Nashville. Like myself, yeah, I right. wound up up there, too, because um, I would have never went to Nashville, but at that time, you just couldn't get the nod if you weren't. That's there. just what you did. You had to be. I mean, as a matter of fact, I had avoided Nashville to the to the extent that when they made my contracts up over there at EMI, it literally said in my contract that I had to move to Nashville. It oh, did. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. my god! I had to relocate and have a I, permanent residence wow. in Nashville. They, they, you know, I had just avoided it. I did mean, you did you have a hatred towards Nashville? Not a, not that at all. Uh, I didn't really know anything about Nashville. Right. I knew that some of the music that I grew up on and loved uh, the most was a uh, was Muscle Shoals music. My mother was a a, a big fan of the Blue Eyed Soul movement, you know, right. and and, and all, a lot of those people that recorded there, and and also some of the incredibly talented black artists that started coming there, you know, like right. Aretha, oh, and man. and so she she pushed that on us and said this this is soul music, boys, and you need to get a, a taste of that. So You're talking about that fame, mm-hmm. well, yeah. all, all over, uh, you know, you got Muscle Shoals sound down there that did God, who all, I mean, like Rod Stewart. Uh, I mean the the name the names just go on oh, and yeah. on and on for for show most show sound and, and fame did Wilson Allen Pickett. Brothers Wilson Pickett all, all, you know uh, 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 we just talking about uh, well it's funny when you try to Mac Davis you know just passed away oh he, man yeah uh, I tell you a quick story so Rick told me he had me in his office working me over real good one day because you know I just wasn't writing the songs I needed to write he did that to everybody and <laughs> <laughs> he said. Uh, let me tell you a story, boy. He, he told me this story about Mac Davis. He said, Mac came down here and he, he'd just been camping out up in the upstairs here at the studio and pr- practically living here for a while. And just everything he brought down here to me was just, just terrible. And I told him, I said, man, go up there and write me something with a hook. He said about a day and a half later, Mac came down there and played him, baby, baby, don't get hooked on me. <laughs> With a hook. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say that's got a pretty good hook. Who's yeah. Mac Davis? Uh, Mac had, uh, remember, um, oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. Yeah. Is that the song that you yeah. showed me? Yeah. And yeah. he was an actor, too. He, oh, yeah. He, he, he'd done some stuff. He, he was y- in The Longest Yard. And- was it a... Uh, 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 Lukenbach, Texas. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. he wrote that. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, that's hit. that's a big one there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you hate Nashville. Well, uh, <laughs> what, what I was saying about that, I guess it got sidetracked. I just didn't know that much about Nashville, and and uh, got to say, the first two or three years that I was there with EMIs, some of the greatest years of my life as far as you know, being surrounded with talented people and writing with everybody, and it was and Music Row was just. A, exploding oh, and yeah. it was it was the best time for me in the music business that I've ever experienced and so fell in love with Nashville but but Nashville has 
Nashville has forgot where they their beginnings and and Nashville is a weird town to me now uh you know I love I love coming up here and we visit friends and but as far as the business is concerned I'd just as soon be somewhere It's a different else. animal. It's just a you know it's a it's a production company. It's that LA mentality everything's in one house. I mean you can be a great songwriter and never get a song cut in this town because yeah. you know they it's it they've they've taken on that mentality and it's all in one house and 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 the walls are up and you know we don't need we don't need your songs because we got writers of our own here in this place and um it's just different you know it, yeah. it it was the town was booming it was it was buzzing talent was everywhere people shared ideas and uh you know this publishing company would say yeah well we've got most of the songs but we'll we'll listen to a song because i know you write some great ones and it was just a different place and now yeah. i'm and i'm not crazy about the music that comes out here anymore i, I think they uh -oh. I think they got sidetracked bad yeah. so I was gonna. I was gonna tell you this is kind of a transition from that. Actually, it's not a transition at all. But I, I, looking at this, I found out something. We've known each other a long time. But I didn't know about you and uh, Kendrick. Is your dad was a minister? Oh yeah, was a preacher. My 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 dad was a preacher growing up. Absolutely. And I, I didn't know that. I didn't know you grew I up. Thought, in that. I thought I knew that about you. Dad dad preached at them little country shouting Methodist churches. Oh yeah. You know until oh. he went full time into the ministry and then they put him up in some of them Byron bigger Brimstone. churches and he did boy, yeah. he back then you could you could lay it out there you know my even in the Methodist did. church I've seen my dad preaching uh I've seen him walk the heads of the of the the pews oh boy now we're talking oh yeah he's getting up Slapping on the, he's getting up on oh, the stem That's, that, was, that was what I grew up with yeah so my anyway, grandpa was a farmer <clears throat> Well, that, Man, makes that, 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 <laughs> that makes us all moving on. That makes us all kin. Man. <laughs> that's that's two good really transitions. We transitioned same here. vein, well, really. I, uh, you know, I've, this has only been going on what, 10, 15 minutes, and I've already picked up on that. You you guys We're highly professional. Well, I can yeah. see it. Yeah, we've been doing this a while. I can tell. <laughs> Daryl, this is what our calling is. No, there's no doubt. You're, you, boy, you boys are Man, anointed in this game. It's slick. It's just like Daryl. Tell us what you, how you really feel. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean. When you started out in this whole game of music business, did you want to be a writer only at first, or did you always want to be an artist? I, uh, I had been playing you know, bars and, and honky tonks and, and they call them beer joints over where I'm from, uh, for years and, and, and did that. And it wasn't just that. I mean, we played a lot of, you know, we'd go out and play uh, festivals and play some family reunions and this kind of thing. We got hired to do all kinds of stuff. But, um, as far as the whole performing live thing, I, I just didn't think that much about it. I, I knew we could do it. And, and we had, I had some good pickers around there where I grew up. So I could always find players for a band. Um, so when I got out of college and thought about making some money, real money, I'd been, I know what that club money was about. I thought, I think I can write songs and I'd, I'd written a few songs and I thought, man, while I'm taking this break from school, you know, before I get back into med school, because the truth is I didn't really just want to be a general practitioner doctor. I, if I was going to do that, I wanted to maybe be a trauma surgeon or something like that. Right. Cause I get attached to people real easy and, you know, if they bring them in and they're all busted up and I can fix them and get them out of there, that would have been a, so I'm thinking, I'm looking at another eight or 10 years of college. And I just, at that Ooh, time, man. I thought, man, this is going to be rough. Cause I was already burnt. 
Yeah. But uh, so I I I got out and started pursuing songwriting, and uh, and it started kind of happening quick. You know, it was it wasn't what I expected because I'd heard you know how difficult. And I mean, like Rick, when he first got, I got my deal there, I was making like $150 a week and, uh, and that supplemented what I made playing my gigs and stuff. What and, year was that? <clears throat> let's see. I'd go back probably 93, 92, 93. You only like made $150 a week to write songs for them? You got to know Rick, you know, um, you know, he would ask you questions like, well, what are you making? with your gigs and stuff and i'm well it varies you know but i we do okay we got some a couple of solid gigs that stay there and we and we kind of know what we're going to make there but we'll pick up a couple of other ones every week and that we don't know what that's going to be and uh so he he would encourage you he didn't want to spend any money but he would encourage you to keep your draw money as low as you possibly could so that if you got a cut you'd you know, you'd get more I of that see. coming to you. So that was your draw. Yeah, that wasn't. He was that. They was coming out of whatever you made. Oh, later. absolutely. Yeah, I see. It always does. Yeah, yeah always. They don't yeah. pay you. No. You don't get paid by the publisher. You no. Just, and, and now, two, now, I take that back. Now, Chris, Chris, uh, uh, um, Myers, Chris Myers, and and Dan and them called me to come and sit down with that deal, and and they just paid you. They didn't. You didn't. I mean, Dan was, called me yesterday, and oh uh, yeah, I, I'm doing the compassion care charity show well you were on it my, yeah for when this got canceled and yeah. i said and he said something to me about um about um casey mm-hmm. and i said uh it doesn't matter to me who does it and then chris wrote in the group text hey we had chris uh and dan goes oh man i forgot that i wonder if he could still and so he told me he's gonna call yeah, he see. called me yesterday that's awesome yeah It'll be fun. Heck yeah. It man. always is. And you always do. I mean, well, you, I mean, uh, talk a little bit about your foundation <laughs> too. I mean, you know, uh, you have it. Is it, uh, where, where is it? It's in Savannah. It's in Savannah. Yeah. That's, it's, is it the Daryl Worley Foundation? Uh huh. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. What is that? Well, about, well, right when my career kind of kicked off, but it's probably like 2001 or two when we finally got it, you know, all the paperwork done and got it founded. But I, I just wanted to have a foundation. I didn't know I wanted to have a foundation. I just wanted to do something to help people around home. And my managers, my team of management said, you need to start a foundation, you know. And I said, okay, whatever. And uh, all these years later, 20 years later, we have done some pretty amazing things, man. We built the Daryl Worley Cancer Treatment Center in my hometown. And uh, we've got a, a, a wellness center there that uh, is is drug recovery for, for young men who have have uh, gone astray and we uh have given out almost two million dollars in grants to people in wow. need that, mm. that just not not my whole thing with this from the get-go was a couple of times in my life i've been to the point uh, i'm not one of those guys that would just run back home to mom and daddy every time i got in trouble and say i i, I need you to bail me out of this but i've been a couple of times in my life to where i just had no place to turn didn't have any insurance didn't you know and had misfortune fall, fall right, in my lap yeah, and right and um that's one of the most horrible feelings in the world i mean you don't you know you don't want to go put put the burden on a friend or a family member uh and i said you know i'd like to have a place here where people when they've got no place else to turn they can come to the daryl worley foundation and we we help those that's the kind of people we help and and that's, like that. that's just what that's we awesome. did yeah. so we call it grants we literally would sit down and evaluate every case that was submitted and we would 
give these people money to help them out of a jam, you know, or, or, you know, it might be a 90 year old woman that needed a, a wheelchair ramp built to go into her house. We've done a, tons of those. And, but I mean, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about, you know? And, uh, so it's, it's just been, I think that that'll be, you know, you can write all the songs in the world and, and you, and you can get a lot of other stuff out of the music business. Uh, and none of that stuff matters all that much. I, I think it's cool if a song, you know, were to hang around for a lot of years. But honestly, the work that we've done there will be what I think will be my legacy. It, oh, it, man. It, it'll be, a, a, I know that somebody's going to go, this is really, really good. And we need to carry on this, this work. Because, I mean, now we've got, you know, we've got thousands and thousands of dollars in our endowment fund and we're not going to run out anytime soon right we'll keep right on helping people so it's good man that's awesome that's god work oh yes, yeah but that's 100%. what i told the, the the board i said you know i need a bunch of good people on this board but i need people that understand difficult times because we're going to do god's work here mm. and and uh they asked me 10 years ago to come up with a mission statement and i know that it's gonna i know that it's gonna have the last thing that Jesus said in it, it's going to it's gonna allude to the fact that he said, I want you to love one another as I have loved you. But it's probably going to be a little bit more than that, and I still ain't figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what that, you know what that, that, when he said love others as I have loved you, if you trace the, the root meaning of the original text, it means breathe for. Breathe for others as I've breathed for you. It means we're only living for each other. That's right. For the right. only reason he wakes us up. So that's good that's to exactly have that right. on. Oh, I, but because in, at the end of the day, that's that was my whole idea of why to even start the thing. Is like if if and I mean, we've had some pretty heat, heated meetings around that conference table where all those board members sit because we don't always agree on things, and that's great. I mean, you need yeah. to be able to do that. But, you know, if I'm passionate about something, I usually can figure out a way to push it through because <laughs> I just think, you know, sometimes they'll get a little bit conservative. And I'm like, I understand conservative. I am a conservative. But what I think in this case is, is that I may understand the difficult times that people go through more than some of those guys around that table. Right. And because I've been, I've been there a time or two and I just don't want to see people feeling like they don't have nowhere to turn you know you, you can grow always, up did you grow up poor we or, didn't or, well, we or, wasn't or rich you weren't rich <laughs> i think we was all poor around there where i grew up but we didn't know it yeah, yeah. i agree you know? with that yeah i mean I, you know now dad got a job at the mill there at the, at the count's paper mill uh at, at some point when he he come off the river when he was on the riverboat uh that was pretty decent money too but i mean we had a pretty big family so you know we just we didn't know what we were we we yeah. were ham and the sad thing about hand-me-downs for me was uh, by the time i got old enough to even go to school and stuff my legs were so long that like my older brother's <laughs> pants were too short for me and i'm like mama cut a cut something off of that other pair and so on here they're talking about my high waters <laughs> oh i know i always tell people i used to have uh you know uh, my i never had clothes that fit me growing up because my mama She'd always say, she'd always get like one that's too, a size or two too big. And she'd always say, you'll that's grow right. into that's them. That's right. You'll oh, grow I'm, into them. I know all about and By it. the time I grew into them, they were, they were worn sure. out. And then she'd buy me another 
pair or something that uh, that you'd have to grow into. I was like, I never had anything that fit my whole life. I tell you what, I tell you what, my mama would do though. She was an unbelievable seamstress. I mean, she could sew anything. Uh, she, if I ever did find a pair of pants like it was long enough or or that I liked the way they fit me, she would take those pants apart piece by piece when when they got worn enough that she you know that that, that I was kind of worn those out she'd take those pants apart and make a pattern out of them and she oh, would man, sew me smart. she'd go buy denim and sew me jeans she could take a levi's little thing and sew on the pocket and nobody would know the difference i mean i'm wow I, mm. she made clothes for us that were just exactly like what you'd go buy oh man unbelievable was everybody in your family tall or just you no everybody is uh, you know, the shortest is probably, well, mom was like five, nine, five, ten. She's pretty tall for a gal. Dad, dad at one time was probably real close to six, five. Um, uh, I guess my older brother would be the one that would be the shortest. And he's probably right around six foot or just a little above that, but yeah. not, not, I mean, what a I, short I guy, man. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I guess by the average, he, he's not really short. Yeah. But, he's not but, six uh, foot. I think is above average. I think so. so well above it. He, he. He was not happy about being the shortest. <laughs> uh, I said, give it up, brother. You're okay. You're, he's probably the strongest at one time anyway. So, that's How a, does it feel being taller than most of the world up there? Like, a, what's it like? For me, it's a plague. I, I, <laughs> Is it? I'm not a fan. You're not? No. It's funny how you always covet what you don't have. That's yeah. right. Like, my, I got a friend that's tall that was one of my best friends, and I always told him, I said, man, I wish I was – six three like you and he goes really i wish i was your height you know it's always and, and he says uh you don't want to he says i don't like having to worry about my head sometimes and i'm like you ain't worried oh, about true. your head at no six three but I you you do yeah they got six, six. on my head uh, i'm sure you know tw mm -hmm. yeah. good yeah. friend of mine oh man big. i lo love that guy yeah whole <laughs> big and uh he, he you know it's so funny when me and him and uh, Anthony Smith, we used to, you know, me and Anthony write songs. We'd go in there and uh, TW, uh, he uh, produces and engineers uh, all the, the Jamie Johnson records. And uh, he, he's about Jim six, did. eight. Hmm? Jim Moose, didn't, I thought he produced them. Couple he works with T. He works with T. Yeah, T. W. Is the the engineer? He engineers yeah. them. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but uh, but I tell you, man, he, you know. He used to call Anthony. We'd be in there working. He'd call Anthony his little buddy. Yeah. It's funny because Anthony was six three. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he'd call him his little buddy. You know. And I, well, you, I tell you, the you, land of the giants. You're the only well, person that. Could, <laughs> he's six he, nine or something. Yeah, he's like six eight, six nine. Something. Great yeah. guy. Great Absolutely. guy. Absolutely. Yeah. Talking about a, sponsors and and top, being tall. My my Wrangler sponsorship has got to be one of my favorite ones. I could list a, a, oh, a, a man, whole list of sponsors, but those guys make every pair of jeans for me specifically for me, and uh, so it's on a particular pattern or whatever. And I've had that for twenty years. That's awesome. And so you think about these jeans I'm wearing. Probably now they they've been they're old, uh, but I when I got them. First pair of jeans I ever had that had that stretch stuff in it. Yeah. And I thought, man, those look like tight jeans, but you can just squat and do everything you want to do in them. <laughs> yeah. And they don't rip the butt, don't tear out of them, you know. Uh, I checked online and never had to check to see what a pair of jeans cost. I checked online and they're like $80 a pair. Yeah. And I thought, man, I should really go back and tell these people how much I appreciate them and what they've saved me in 20 years. I've never oh, paid man. for a pair of blue jeans. Not ever since, you know, I started this. 
And uh, so you're still sponsored by Wrangler. Oh yeah, they take care of me, man. I, that I, is I, something I just, else. I just got a whole box of brand new shirts, and I mean, you know, used to people would say I ain't wearing that Wrangler stuff. It's all looks generic, man. They got nice. Oh, stuff. I know. It's, yeah, it's they do. different now. It really is. Well, this is a Wrangler shirt. They just sent this to me. So I wear Wrangler jeans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Only because that's the only <laughs> size Walmart will have. I got the little stretchiness happening right now. There you go. Stretch. A little I love stretch it. action in it. Catch you. I'm just saying. That's how you're able to sit like that for so long. <laughs> I know. It is. It is. For you folks that can't see, he's got both legs behind his head. <laughs> it's easy. It's very strange. Chris, it's, it's really weird. weird. It's my thing. Would but, y'all you give know. him a bite of that sandwich, please? Talk <laughs> <laughs> about, uh, I was, where was I? I was in Biloxi doing a show in Biloxi one time with my buddy. And we went in this, uh, we went in this, the store and we were looking around and, it was like I think it was J.C. Penney's or something like that, and this <laughs> this girl comes up to us. She, "How y'all doing?" So we're doing good, doing good. And she she looked at me, and this is how I knew I had to lose weight because she goes, "You know what you need to do? You need to go check out our big and tall section." <laughs> <laughs> and it ain't because you're tall. <laughs> <laughs> and my buddy, he goes. He just died. Oh, I like, bet Thanks. he did. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate so, that. If you don't mind me asking, what are you trying to say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember being a boy, and we would go shopping and see all these fancy jeans that my friends were wearing in high school. And, oh yeah. And in junior high, and I would go, "Mom, I want these. I like these yeah. jeans right here." And, and they they never had my size. And she'd be like, "Do you have these in whatever thirty eight or whatever?" And it. And that's as a boy now. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And so this, then they're like, oh, you need the husky, husky. section. Oh, I was going to say it. <laughs> and yeah. it, oh, the, the life just sucks oh, out. I'm like, uh, oh, husky yeah. jeans. I'm and then you got to hide the tag because you don't want nobody to see it. Because they used to put husky oh, on yeah. it. Oh, I know. You used to literally label it like embarrass you. <laughs> I was on the opposite end of that spectrum. I was always in the slim department. Yeah. yeah. Slim. They, they, they said slim so they wouldn't hurt your feelings by calling you skinny. I always, that was... <laughs> It's funny that that would hurt somebody's feelings to somebody like me. Right? Well, you know what's funny is is I've got a whole bunch of friends that that never understood that, and I I tried to explain to them, even family members, it's just as difficult on the, at that slim end of the spectrum as it is on the other end. Yeah, people die. I mean, we man, I grew up where I grew up. It was rough. Was it? I, oh, it was rough. What were some names they called you? Oh, you name it, man. You know, Rake. Skinny, Rake. bony, yeah. rails. You know, I mean, yeah. I could go. How how long you want to do this? Just keep going. We're going uh, and keep going until they stop. Watching We're the almost time. done. Yeah. Okay, yeah. we're almost done talking I mean, about it. So he's over here in tears. <laughs> but it, 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 I don't know if, if it did for you, but it it uh, it bred anger for me. It made hundred percent. Yeah. Oh I, man, I, they I, called me Doughboy. Yeah. Uh, any 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 fat. Character oh, yeah. like the uh, Mar- the 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 Marshmallow Man from uh, Ghostbusters, like any any yeah. fat character, I was called that. So yeah, yeah I, I fought a lot. I did because too. of that. Yeah, my dad when we'd move when he finally went into the full time ministry, <laughs> first thing he would do is go to the school that I was going to be attending, and he'd tell the principal, "Now listen." He's he's tall and skinny as a rail, but he will fight a circle saw. So you know, <laughs> a circle and, saw. And, and so so and and it would usually happen within the first couple of days. Right. And but you had to establish a, a, a level of respect from people, or they're going to just run you in the ground. And I just I, 
I, I came to a point in my life where I said, I'm not, I'm not taking it anymore. And, uh, you know, then I, then I got big and, and, uh, for a while there uh, worked out real hard, got up around 250 pounds and I just wanted to whoop everybody. <laughs> I just wanted to, I just wanted to whoop. Just I just, you can. I, well, because I'd been whooped so much. I just thought, you know what? I'm going to give it He's back. Like, it's my turn. Dang it. Well, it's, go, it's, just, going, it's called giving back. <laughs> yeah. Give back. You've always had a heart for giving back. Yeah. It. it started young. That's how I started the foundation. I, I whooped somebody's butt. <laughs> call you, some of those people. You know, call some people. Hey, John. How you doing? Yeah, man. Where are you living at now? I want to bring you a donation over oh, right. <laughs> I got something for you. Yeah, Johnny boy. Oh, man. Yeah, I remember those times. I'll see you in a little bit. It's old Daryl. <laughs> Goes and punches him. <laughs> Cross that off his list. <laughs> He's a <Got> serial puncher. <laughs> Took care of John. Where are we going next? Where are we going next? Speaking of uh, fighting and, you know, possibly getting arrested, you ever been arrested? <laughs> yes. I have. How many times you been in jail? Ah, man. Uh, to be perfectly honest about this, uh, more more times than I want to, than I'm proud to talk about. But I think at least five times. Okay. Yeah. I've been I, in jail. I, I wasn't a quick learner when it came to that. So. I had a problem with authority, yeah. and I think the reason with me was because I always <laughs> worked with my father. Yeah. So. My dad and I would, you know, we would bicker back and forth, and he would slap me around a little bit if I got too sure. too uh, mouthy, and which was fine. I, I deserved it. I ain't, I ain't knocking him. Um, so when you do that, you grow up like that, and then you go, you can you you get used to being able to right yeah, to top. voice your opinion to sure. to your authority. You're like, hey, daddy, I don't like uh, that. You yeah. know, he's like, I don't care if you die. I don't, I, daddy, I don't smack. You know, mm -hmm. so you kind of take that to school with you. Yeah, and then. Uh, those teachers hated me, and then, so it just it just bred from there, and that turned into uh, a problem with the cops. And yeah. I had a challenge with the bouncers, you know, all that type <laughs> yeah. of stuff. But anyway, you got arrested actually one time for stealing cupcakes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the only time it wasn't for real. Yeah. <laughs> On a lighter arrest note, tell us about what, what that was and what was going on. We were living here in Mount Juliet, and uh, my daughter was going to Friendship Christian School, and they had a, a thing going that particular week where they had a lot of the uh, authorities coming out to the school, and they were they were letting the, the kids in my daughter's class uh, basically they, they set up like the whole, ju you know, ju judicial system and the yeah. courtrooms and everything. And they had a, cr a crime that happened. And I was accused of stealing cupcakes out there along <laughs> with a couple of teachers and some other people too. And so the kids basically, uh, you know, ran you through the whole court system to figure out who was guilty and that kind of stuff. And I wound up, <laughs> I wound up getting handcuffed and thrown Man. in the car park. He I, got told that old, I told that old guy that was covering me, I said, Hey. This ain't my first go around. <laughs> I've been in the back of this car a time or two. It's not the first time I've had hands against the wall, feet back, spread them. <laughs> Daryl, in the middle of every show, we do a thing, a little segment called What Not to Eat. It's a weird stuff that people eat around the world. You might have eaten some. You look like you've probably eaten some weird stuff before. Definitely. I don't know. Yeah. But let's, uh, let's roll that, Ben. You might have eaten a few things in your lifetime. I know Chris and Marty sure have. But these are things they would never eat. This is What Not to Eat. Ew. 
my mine because just because we're running out of what not to eat here. So just so everybody knows. In three episodes, Chris and I are out of what not to eat. Yeah, we're we're oh, like wow. we we went we, through so many of these. <laughs> we have come to the the end of the road when it comes to the grossest foods on the planet. Wow. Yeah, we've done a bunch. So we're shifting this uh, into something else, and we'll we'll introduce that in a, in a, in a bit. But this shows just how quickly this just how much I'm running out of things <laughs> because the only one I could find was one called durian. This is a fruit. It's the oh, smelliest yeah. fruit in the world. Mm-hmm. You ever heard of it? I think so. It's got like looks like a porcupine thing. Yeah. It's said to smell like old garbage and rotten animal corpses. Yes. It's banned. Mm. It's banned in many public places in Asia because of the smell. The taste, on the other hand, now this is crazy. It's supposedly like a creamsicle, very sweet and light. Huh. So we're gonna get one. We got one out there. Before you leave, we're gonna cut it open. There it is, right there <laughs> behind you. Oh, yeah. I do know what you're talking about. It looks oh, like yeah. the inside of a <laughs> testicle or something, Doc. But it smells carny. You know Kearney. what, you know what you know what? is? You're the only person. I had, oh, my I God. Had to bring it up. You are the only person I've ever met that knows that Kearney. has ever said that except my uh, me, our family and my grandmother. I've oh, heard yeah. him say that word. Kearney. Smells like corn in ca- here. That dog's corn. That's what it was. Your grandmother used to say that. Used to say, oh, yeah. Smell like corn in well, here. My, my grandma, the dog would come up. You know how they loved rolling dead rotten stuff? And, you know, another dead animal or whatever. They just yeah. get all up in there and just roll around in it. And my grandma would say, get that dog out of here. She's carny. What is car? What is carny? You know, I looked it up. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a, you know, it's the smell. But it, it, I think when I looked it up, it's like to have the smell of, of the dead. You know, I th- isn't it like, oh. uh, I always thought it was, they were, they were saying carrion. It's, that's it. It's, it's it carrion. It They're trying to that's say carrion. A, that's what it is. And, but, and. But that's the old people's country way yeah, of saying carrion is carn. And carn. Uh, it smells like carn in here. How do you spell carrion? I mean, you can Google it and yeah, it'll tell yeah. you. Because we tried to we, we tried to look up carn, and of course we tried to spell that. <laughs> yeah. We never Key, found it. That's carn. so funny you said that because no one I know has ever even heard of that. That's a carny fruit. K e a r n. Carn. What's yours, Chris? Okay. This is, uh, I got this from my, my nephew, Nick, Nick Wallen out there. Nick Wallen, appreciate and, your and support. Appreciate you. And uh, this is called, I think it's called Papation, P-A-P-A-I-T-A-N, better known as goat poop soup. Goat poop Just soup. like mama used to make. Man, this, I remember good old days, man. man. Mm, goat poop soup. This is a stew of goat or beet. Uh, uh, goat or beef offal, that's the innards, with bile, which is su- digestive juices, to give it a bitter flavor originally from the Lacos region. The stew has a greenish hue from the bile sure and is does. flavored with onions, garlic, and mild chili peppers. Mm. Right there it is. Oh, man. That, that pepper that. just makes it look fresh. Oh, man. Look at that pepper on top that's of like it. That's like a Papa John's pizza box. <laughs> That looks like innards. Good old goat poop soup. It really soup. don't look that bad. I'm just no? going to tell you. Yeah. That looks like something I've had before. I might have had some goat's poop soup. <laughs> Man. Yeah, I might have it, eaten some of that. It's not too bad. <laughs> it smells like yarn. That reminds me of those. It reminds me of those uh, coffee beans that them people get them monkeys to eat. 
Yeah. And then when they poop them out, it's when they grind them and make coffee. Out exactly. Oh, that's, ag- that's actually a cat that does that. Was it? Do they do it with a monkey too? Oh, yeah. I don't. We had the cat, the uh, coffee bean from the cat on this show. Yeah. Oh the, really? It's a it's a weird uh, cat, and it they get it to eat the beans, and I don't know how that they just swallow the beans whole. Apparently, because when a turd comes out, yeah, it is the beans are clearly still in there, right? Then they take that and just put it in a coffee cup, right. hot hot water. Who was the first one to yeah. do that? You know what make it good? You know what make it really good? Up. <laughs> uh, huh. Yeah, put that in my warm water. I'm I'm a, <laughs> that'll fit right in my. Coffee filter. That looks like it would make good coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It kind of already looks like coffee. It's like those coyote turds you find out on the farms. It's got all that hair in them. Oh, Man, yeah. I should filter something through that. That's got a lot of hair in it. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. It looks like a filter. <laughs> it's like, who was the first? <laughs> putting it in the water filtration system? Exactly. That's probably working. I'm sure it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to replace my nice cotton filter with this. <laughs> this coyote turd. Yeah. It's called recycling, people. Recycling. Speaking of poop, earlier y'all were talking about pooping on a bus, on a tour bus, and how that's a no-no. I've never done it. I've never done it. Neither one of y'all have ever pooped on a tour bus. I've pooped in a bag on a bus. Let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you a story. They call call it bagging it, and it it goes out the window. Oh, (laughs) man. I've done that. Let me tell you something. Does the smell not steal? No, no, it don't stay with you. Once it's out the window and gone, you're done. Yeah, but doesn't when you poop on the bus, does it not flush to a, a, a reservoir that's, beneath? That's the problem, is that it gets trapped in that tank down there, that holding tank, and it permeates the bus. So there's no vent or nothing on the tank. It, well, it's it, got a vent on it, but it still... But it still comes up to oh, the bus. Oh, man, it's just, you'd have to experience it to believe it. It'll fill every bunk in the bunkhouse with that smell instantly and it doesn't go away as man. long as you're hauling the turd it's on there man it's turd a, hauling it's unbelievable and you can pour you can pour all of that colored chemical stuff in there that you want to it ain't going away this is prime content right now, now how do y'all know if nobody ever poops on the bus that it that it permeates the entire well, bus? well i'll tell you how i found out so i hired this guy that i grew up with out of my hometown to go out on the road and be my road manager well, right there in itself is about six mistakes. It, it, the, what I just said is at least six, maybe seven. And I knew within 15 minutes of us pulling out the first time that, that it could could have been a mistake because he just went right into the bathroom and oh. and took a dump on the bus. And that's how I learned you don't. I mean, we were over on the side of the road within 15 minutes. The driver said, "I'm not waiting on a dump place. I'm dumping it here because it's foul." Mm, and man. it's so weird because as soon as you dump, it's gone. It just seems weird that by this in this day and age, that they wouldn't have something uh, figured out a way. Like smart people like you wouldn't have figured out a way to make sure that don't stink up the whole bus. It's well, it's it's. Honestly, as long as it's been, it's probably better now on some buses. They have what's called star buses, too, that have their own area in the back, which I'm not proud to say right now. I did poop in a star bus one time, but it was all good. But I I didn't really know that the wipes they had there with furniture wipes, and I wiped my tail with furniture wipes. What's a furniture wipe? That's not make, good. Let me tell you something. It's like Murphy's oil soap. I hit, Ew. I hit a note. Oh yeah, that you, I ain't supposed was it to burn? hit. It was burning. You it's put like that on was, the on the on the butthole. 
On the dot. Like, oh, it was on the dot. It was on the fig. Do oh, you? man. Let me tell you, I was singing Burning Ring of Fire. I fell oh, in a burning, burning ring of fire. fire. I like it better when, when uh, what's his name? Uh, Joaquin. No, you know, uh, boy, I've, been, I've had a morning of this. <laughs> uh, but, uh, what's his name that did Carl on Sling Blade? Oh, oh. Uh, he come Billy you know, Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton. Well, he's, he did Carl here in Nashville and sung all them Johnny Cash songs. I fell in <laughs> the burning rain. No, he didn't. Yeah. Oh, that would have been awesome. You know, I'm probably one of the best in the business at doing that at doing that do sling it. blade do it. thing. Do it again. Well, I mean, it, 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 it generally takes me a, a little while to get into that thing. I have to sort of, you know, ease into right, it. Right, right. I don't reckon I got no reason to kill nobody. <laughs> That sounds perfect. You have not done that to my little brother. You <laughs> might have had fun sometime. That is perfect, That's dude. That's pretty good, man. I thought I was pretty good at it when I was growing up. I love that movie. I fell in to a burning ring of fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Do one of yours. Do well, one of yours as Carl. Do I one. miss my friend? <laughs> no, wait a minute. <laughs> have you forgotten? I'd felt that day. <laughs> I miss my friend. That's pretty good. That's man. perfect, man. Yeah, that's good. I'm shocked. Not only are you a genius and a, and a soon-to-be doctor, you're a, 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 per, a professional impressionist. Man, who else can you do? I used to do a bunch of uh, of those, and then I had a, a boy that came to work for me as a piano player and played really good guitar. Guitar, and he was. One of the best. He he could even do me, and uh, I just quit. I quit doing it. You know, I didn't practice. I can anymore. only hear you now speaking as Carl. <laughs> I don't. I think that's a good thing. I think. I think you. You know how? I think why you're so good at it is because you're. You kind of have the same tone almost. You don't sound like I a, know what you're saying. Like a mentally challenged guy, but you kind of have the same tone, don't yeah. you? Yeah. It's got. It's got a. a it's got a loudness and a, and it's got some. Uh, gravel Some in it, sharpness, yeah. But it has that, yeah, in it too. And my uh -huh. grand and my grandfather talked just almost identical to him. And and my grandfather kind of stood like him. And so when I saw him on the screen, I was like, oh my god, he was standing there and he kind of had his head stuck out and heard that underbite and all that going on. And I thought he reminds me of my grandpa Clyde, you know. So I heard the the accent thing, and I just had man. He's one of my he's one of my favorite actors oh, in the a, world. He's, he's a one of your favorite actors is Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> I love I oh, love yeah, his I stuff, too. man. He's actually a friend of mine. We we've we've known each other for a while, so I I give him a little that every now and then. What does he think about it? He thinks it's good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I've been doing it, it's a whole lot better. But he's from Arkansas. Yeah, yeah, that's where I'm from. That's yeah. where I grew up. And you West Memphis, Arkansas, or <laughs> hey, man, Arkansas, Memphis. Oh no, West Memphis is Arkansas. See, he never been to Memphis. He no. didn't even know what. He had no. He know what you was talking about. He I thought you was delivering another you genius know, joke. I don't even know I where tell. I am right now. I don't. <laughs> yeah, he said West Memphis. All right, we'll get you out of here. <laughs> It'll be all right. Over It'll there. be okay. You're I not, believe you right there. His penis is in there. <laughs> You're not coming at front door. <laughs> no, I cut his whole head off with it. <laughs> I love when he calls. What are you the, gonna do with that lawnmower blade, Carl? <laughs> I'm aiming to kill you with it. 
<laughs> I love that part. And he's like, oh, yeah? Dwight Yoakam. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Dwight yeah. Yoakam. oh, yeah, you're going to kill me oh, with yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> well, go, go ahead, boy. <laughs> we ain't got no real gigs, Randy. <laughs> Randy. That reminded me of some of my old band uh, members. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Did Dwight Yoakam play for you? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, I never, I hadn't liked Dwight Yoakam since that movie. He, he just because of that character he did such a good character. job. He played himself. Oh, is he yeah. really like that? Everybody I've talked son to, son of a whore. I don't like uh, him. Uh, everybody I've ever talked Dwight, to, I don't him like you. Said he was play, playing himself, <laughs> and that's a tr that's what they told me. Now I've only been around him three or four times, and a couple of those times I could tell that he was. You know, he was irritated about something, and he wasn't the nicest guy in the world. Right, right. We ain't got no real gigs, Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my favorite parts of the movie, because I've heard all that before. Just a microphone's in here. <laughs> oh, man. That, that is crazy. I need to get him to do a whole album as Carl. I, do, I send my friends messages all the time like that. Uh, me and a buddy were if both. you're asking for my number, I'll give it to you. <laughs> Don't beg. Both bow hunting the other day, and and uh, I knew he was in in his tree stand, and I came down quite a bit earlier than I normally do, and, and I sent him a message. I said, "You ought not stay up in that tree so long. You might fall out of there in the dark, and you'll stick a stab up your butt." <laughs> and he called me back and said, "Man, when I first turned that on, I didn't have a clue who it was." <laughs> I kind of want to get before you leave. I want to get you to do my voice message for people. Avery ain't smart at race all. <laughs> He's eating cow penises and stuff, and uh, and uh, potted meat. Potted meat. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, moving on because we're running out of time here. Um, I could listen to you do that impression all day. Um, we're gonna have to go out to eat, and you the whole time. When we go out to eat, you're just Carl. I don't talk like that. Yeah, and, 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 and we don't laugh or nothing. Like, I'm going to get some of them French fried taters. <laughs> and then people are like, <laughs> and they're like, well, what's so funny? Why <laughs> are you laughing at our friend? Don't be laughing at him like that. Make, He's special. He gets irritated, and he carries a lawnmower blade with him everywhere he <laughs> yeah. goes. Watch out. Yeah. Watch out. You actually have a lawnmower blade? That'd be amazing. So you had a, uh, the Christmas album, and at the end of it, I love how you ended that Christmas album oh, with no yeah. vacancy, yeah. and it's just you reading from King James, yep. Luke 2, about Jesus. Mm -hmm. Now, how did that Christmas album do? Did it do well? It, we we put it out every year, and it and then you know we add to it now and then. It'll, oh, you, it'll eventually the same be one? a box set of Christmas songs. Yeah, and okay. it's done. It's done real well. I'll I mean, play uh, you a Christmas song after this. We may put it on there. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, quit bragging. Uh, it it has been uh, really really good. As a matter of fact, because of that project, and and some of the stuff is just stuff that we, you know, kind of. Uh, did in a different situation like it wasn't in a studio recording or whatever we we recorded a uh, recorded a live version of i think it's uh jingle bells and we kind of played it swing and it was a spur of the moment thing and they had a, a couple of mics there and it was going to a board and we captured that and we were able to put That's it on awesome. so we it's several things like that yeah. down mm -hmm. there and uh it's not all just you know perfectly done studio stuff and i was going to say too uh, <laughs> uh can you talk a little bit about uh you're doing a project called 22 mm-hmm is that the name? It is. I, yeah, That's it's the called Twenty Two, yeah. and it's and it's for soldiers. Uh huh. And I'd like for you to talk a little bit 
about uh, that. Randy Couture was one of the co-writers on that song uh, that you just mentioned. Twenty Two is the name of the project, and it's the title cut of the of the uh, project. And we, this whole idea of twenty two service members uh, committing suicide a day in our society, it just you know, and it was going up from there too. Right, right. Yeah. I think now it's kind of settling. But, um, we we decided that that was something that we just wouldn't sit idly by and, and let happen. So we started a project, and this project is all uh, songs about you know. It's got lots of songs about the military. There's a there's a song on there that Moose and I wrote called "She's Everything to Me" that just talks about America and how how, right, how yeah. special this country is to some of us and. Um, it's just real patriotic and real positive and except for 22 and 22 is a song about those service members right. that are taking their yeah. lives. Now it ends, it ends positive. It ends in a, in a victory because the old boy says, so I'll lay down my gun and I'll soldier on and I will not be 22, even though he was contemplating it. And so it's, it's, it's not out there yet, but right. people are already discovering those songs. And uh, we just recently had a, a thing uh, uh, to get some some legs without us even knowing about it, and that's that's one of the songs off of that project called "How Freedom Feels." That's how freedom feels. Well, and I think that's awesome, man, and uh, they deserve well, every gonna, bit of we're it. We're going to give some <clears throat> some proceeds from that to uh, some organization. We, we our goal is to raise a million dollars for for right. uh, for that. So yeah, we'll see what happens. That's so great. I love when people get involved with the military. Uh, I think that you, the, we had, uh, I think that you and him actually did shows together and stuff. Uh, Neil McCoy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, y'all are kind of connected. We had Neil on. Oh, yeah. I was on his label, too. Oh, his, he had was, a, oh you were on his label? It was one of the ones that I didn't hate. <laughs> okay. Really, How long ago was that? Uh, his label was the label that I went to after I left. You know, DreamWorks turned into Universal, and then I left there and went to... 903 which was right. neil's label and we we had a blast neil's man. such a great guy it, it we had him on here long. he's an incredible he's awesome being. It really i is. love him I, i've known him my whole life it feels like now yeah. just from that one oh, show yeah, yeah it really does oh, absolutely I know, yeah. and like, i mean if you called him up uh, for whatever that's how it would be too he's, he's just a that, cool man yes, yes he is yeah. a lot cooler than chris you know what i'm yeah. saying well yeah. A lot. Or, or you either one. Or yeah, me definitely me. Definitely <laughs> me. Me too. And, and, and all of us put together. Yeah. I'll, I'll, do, I'll say that too. Dang, Neil, Neil McCoy is cool. He oh, is. Man. I want to be him when I grow up, actually, now that I think about it. Um, did you ever release that Christian album? We haven't finished it. Because that was in like 2018 you was talking about that. We're still talking about the same project. My mama passed away w without me getting that done, and that's oh, not man. something I'm proud of. I want to hear that. It's strong. Yeah. It just awesome. keeps getting stronger. That's one of the reasons we ain't done it. And I mean, I've never written a, a ton of, of Christian songs. I've written a ton of, <clears throat> of country songs that cut that fine line right. between country and Me secular. Too. A bunch of them. Yeah. And, and like, um, well, a lot of my songs are that way, but when these songs started coming to me, I, I was like, okay, this ain't no, walking the line this is a christian song yeah this is about and and uh, and this this album is going to be music for broken people it's it's really special that's awesome how many songs you got already right there's like 20 songs but i can't put them all on one album so it's probably gonna i come i just think that's a an awful lot to throw out there i probably would put 12 on it and, right. I, and there so i have 
Well, I mean, why, why wouldn't you put all 20? What would be the reason? Because really, you're, you're independent now, right? Really, I could do that. You know, what, <laughs> what it'll be, really, and, and this is how we do it nowadays. Uh, now it's just a bunch of singles that you release. Right, yeah, And you exactly. put them out on the net, and you do your thing, and sometimes they get picked up, man. We had a, a pretty big hit with a song uh, on satellite radio that we had just did our own little release with and, and they heard it and uh stormy warren called me and said man we want to play this song i said i ain't fighting you i know right <laughs> <laughs> and it was uh lonely alone oh yeah and that thing did good man so i mean we're, we'll release one after another of those christian songs that's as awesome. many yeah. of them as we want to and then then we'll say hey you can get them all on on this album so right. it might be 20 are you uh on youtube <clears throat> and whatnot uh-huh you got your own channel and I stuff? I do, yep. You making music videos still and stuff like that? We don't do that a whole lot, but I but we have talked about a couple of videos for some of these Christian songs. I got this I got this one thing. Um it's it's called One Like Me. And and, and the basically the song asks is asking God, you know, why would you even bother with one like me? And uh I think I want to make a video for that. It's it's so strong, man. It's I'll give you just a taste of this. It says, God, I don't know where I'm going, and I hate the fact that you know where I've been, like you know about the seeds that I've been sowing. Wish I could burn these fields before my crops come in. Mm, love that. Yeah. Son of a gun. Got me a record deal with a Christian label. I, I didn't. I, I had two verses. I had that and this. The second verse is, uh, and now I need you more than ever, and. Um, I, th I know the time for changing is at hand. I'm standing at the crossroads of surrender, and I'm begging you to heal this broken man. <laughs> and this old boy that ran the label, he just jumped up out of his chair and went, whoa, screamed real loud. I about jumped out of my chair when he did that because <laughs> I didn't even have the song finished. And I hadn't even got to the chorus yet, and he, he looked at my manager and said, I'll have you a deal point memo on Monday and walked out of the room. I thought... That's why he wanted there to play that go. song. <laughs> now, are you, so you're with a label now? <clears throat> no, sir. Oh, that was no, a while ago. Thing, well, that thing kind of um, fizzled. It just got a little odd, and we made a decision not to do that record. I have in two or three different cases, you know, done a record with a label, and thank God I didn't already have the paperwork signed and, and finished because uh, when you do that, they just get it. They yeah. get the project. Because yeah. they've probably been paying the bills. And and then you got this great record that you're really proud of, and you can never do anything with it. It just goes in the can, yep. and they've got it. And I, I hate that. So it was a blessing that it didn't happen that way. It is a blessing that it didn't happen. I'm glad it didn't happen that way. Me too. Yeah, I can't wait to hear it. Oh, it's going to be good. And it's it's um, it's kind of got a little Muscle Shoals vibe about it, but more on the blues side. It's When it's, are you, when it's are you planning? It's what I grew up on in church. That's, you know, more that's of awesome. A, more of a... Um, Kind of a delta, if you think about those right. those little delta churches down, say, say in Mississippi. But a lot of people don't realize that we got the delta right here in West Tennessee too, right mm -hmm. along that river, you know. And so it it all has that vibe about it. And uh, I'm thinking maybe the middle of next year. Me and Billy just talked about it yesterday. We're going to start working on it real soon. So oh, so the songs aren't recorded? No. Oh, well, they're mean, just I got, written. I've got some. <clears throat> I've got some. Um, <clears throat> work recordings of some of the songs but it's just real early in the process right yeah please let chris know when it comes oh, man, out I so will. i can download it i will certainly oh, yeah, let man. you know Heck i yeah, absolutely man. will I'm, I'm excited about it it was uh it was the one thing i came home and told my 
told my mama, I played her a couple of songs, played her that song that I was telling you all about, and I played her uh, a couple of other songs that I, that was just coming. I mean, the songs were just coming. A lot of this stuff I wrote by myself. See, that's and, great. And you know when something's like that's happening, this is just a special place in your life. And I said, Mama, I said, I'm getting ready to make that Christian album that you've always wanted me to make. And she wanted me to make it, and she wanted me to let my two brothers sing on it somewhere, and I'm going to do that too. That's going to be, be awesome. awesome. Yeah. And, and, and she jumped up out of her chair. She's in her 80s. This was before she got real bad and, uh, with the cancer. She jumped up out of her chair and put her hands up in there, and she wasn't playing. A lot of people no. laugh when I say this, but she <clears> wasn't <throat> playing at all. She said, thank you, Jesus, my son's. Uh, music career is about to begin. This is 20 <laughs> years into my country career. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and she believed that. That's awesome. That sounds like my grandma. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's exactly how we are. Daryl, it's been a pleasure having you. We end every show with an unbelievable fact. You ready? I'm ready. I you, think. Look, you look like you were. I think I'm ready. I had him stumped for a minute. He was like, I know. I don't know if I'm ready well, or not. I, I was wondering. I was, like, I, was I hope thinking, it ain't about me. I, I, I was just thinking, I hope he don't ask me for it. <laughs> yeah. I don't have any unbelievable facts. Oh, You'll so, believe all mine. See, I got to come up with this. <laughs> ben, go ahead and roll it. You might think it's not true, but I assure you that it is. It's hard to believe it's an unbelievable fact. Get this. In 1963, MLB pitcher Gaylord Perry commented, They'll put a man on the moon before I hit a home run. Six years later, on July 20th, 1969, exactly one hour after Neil Armstrong stepped on the moon's surface, Perry hit his first and only ever home run. Really? God, I don't believe that. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? True or false? <laughs> That's 100% true. That is unbelievable. It really is. I mean, wow. Oh, cool. it is unbelievable. It's exactly what it is, <laughs> Daryl. And with that, we're out. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to end this thing. All right. Daryl, thank you so much for coming out. It's been a pleasure and Man. an honor to meet you. Thank I you love so a lot much. of your songs. Thank you, sir. Not all of them, but I uh, love a lot of them. I don't like all your songs either. <laughs> I don't like all your songs. <laughs> thank you so much, Daryl. I thank appreciate you, you. I'm glad. Man, I, coming I, to the studio. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's, man. A, that's a blessing. Glad I did it. Ah, thank y'all so much for listening to the Marty Ray Project Chats. And a big thank you to Rode for supplying the sound with Rodecaster Pro. Whether you like what you heard or hated what you heard, subscribe and rate us anyway. Let us have it. Thanks so much for Daryl Worley for being on the show, Chris. Heck yeah, thank you. That's thanks awesome. For, thanks for connecting us with Chris, your buddy. I mean, Chris, connecting us with Daryl, your buddy. I am buddies with Chris. Your buddy was Chris, too. <laughs> yeah, I got I a lot of Chris well. in my life. Anyway, thank y'all for tuning in and for listening and watching and subscribing and rating and reviewing and downloading and everything else you can do to this podcast online. God bless you.